1: Whether you've just been introduced to urban farming or you're a lifelong advocate, we're sure you'll leave feeling more informed, equipped, and empowered to dig deeper into the soil of your local food economy. With you every step of the way, here's your host, Greg Peterson.
0: Today on the Urban Farm Podcast, we have Mark Risdale-Smith of Vertical Veg to talk about his experience with container gardening. Mark is the founder of Vertical Veg, an initiative that inspires and supports growing food in containers in small urban spaces, such as balconies and patios. Mark grew over $1,300 worth of food in one year on his small balcony and windowsills in London. He loves growing his own food and is on a mission to promote many healthy community and environmental benefits of growing in containers at home. He runs workshops on food growing in containers, an online club for container growers, a website and a Facebook page. Welcome to the show today, Mark.
2: Hi, Greg. Hi.
0: Glad to have you. So oh, great I, to be here. I shared a bit about you. Can you fill in the blanks and share more about the path that you took to get where you're at now?
2: Sure. Yeah, well, I, I lived in London and a flat in London for about uh, 20 years. And I think for most of that time, I was a, a frustrated gardener. I, I really wanted, I, when I was a, a kid, I had an allotment. My mum and dad had an allotment. Uh-huh. And when I moved to London, I thought, well, you know, I want to I want to grow food. And so I put my name down on the allotment waiting list. Uh, and I waited for, for quite a few years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I thought I would uh, contact the council to find out, you know, if I was near the top of the list and they told me that i had another uh, 15 years to wait oh my gosh uh, <laughs> so i was going to be 70 by the time uh, i got an allotment uh, you, have you guys heard of allotments over there uh,
0: probably not i was going to say what is an allotment
2: Allotment. okay so an allotment is something in the uk where you basically get a patch of 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 land uh. um, which is given to you by the local authority on which you can grow food perfect community uh, garden a num- yeah, there's a number in each city um, which individuals can uh, can um, can apply for. And in some places, there's many more um, than others. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so um, when I didn't get this, when I realized I wasn't going to get this space, I re- realized the only way I was going to grow food uh, was to try and grow it on my balcony and my window cells. So I started experimenting with it, thinking oh, i would just grow a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And was actually genuinely surprised when I discovered that actually I could grow a lot of food, to the point that we were actually eating home-grown food f- nearly every meal oh, at least nice. for, 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 for about two thirds of the year. So that's sort of where where it all started. And uh, because I was growing sort of it seemed to be quite a lot, I thought one year I'd measure it, and so I weighed it all. So yeah, I was amazed to discover that it would have cost me one thousand three hundred dollars to buy that. Wow. Um, in the shops, but it, it wasn't just the food, growing the food, it was all the other things that I found that were great about it. So, for example, the street that I lived on was quite a busy road. And I didn't really know anyone who lived on the street. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that it was unfriendly. It was just the sort of culture there was that people didn't sort of stop and sort of say hello to and each other. Yeah. But, but as soon as I started growing at the front of the house with containers at the front of the house, I was out there tending them and people just, you know, kept stopping and asking me questions. And, <laughs> and it was great. You know, soon I, I just started like so just chatting to people uh-huh. wherever I went on the street. <laughs> um, so that was really good. And um, I just had a son and he really enjoyed the gardening and it just sort of really feel like it sort of changed our life in the city.
0: Perfect so it sounds like you've been doing this for quite a long time.
2: I've been actually doing vertical veg sort of of for about about six years I guess but then I was sort of growing for probably like a couple of years before that. Mm -hmm. Um, I was sort of growing uh, probably quite unsuccessfully (laughs) (laughs) as I was trying to work it out how to do it. Uh, but I've been doing vertical bed for about five or six years. Oh,
0: very good. And you've been growing for two or three years longer than that.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I, and as a kid as well, but sort of yeah. growing seriously for sort of two or three years. Longer. You know, it's
0: amazing to me how many of us out there started when we were a kid. My mom took me out to a garden when I was 15 and said, Greg, see the right half of our backyard? There's your garden. Go start digging. And so that, you know, that was kind of my introduction to, you know, growing food.
2: Yeah, I think it's one of the reasons why it's so important to get kids growing because even if they don't grow for a while often they'll have a memory of it and uh, they'll come back to it uh, later in life Yeah,
0: Yeah. perfect So what kind of containers are we growing in?
2: Well, I guess there's just a huge variety of different containers you can grow in almost I mean, I use a lot of recycled containers things Uh that I found on the street Um, I built a lot of them out of wood because when you use wood you can make them to the exact size of the space which is very good for making the most of a space, so I made wood on the outside and plastic um estate agent signs in the u k are made out oh. of very strong plastic and they yes. make excellent <laughs> they make excellent bases, and of course wood looks nice as well, and I think it's important that any sort of urban growing you know you make it look as nice as you can right but yeah i also i used a wide variety of different um containers and pots. The big advantage being, of course, just that, you know, any any container you use, it enables you to grow food in a space where you wouldn't normally be able to grow food. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, this is. it sounds like it's perfect for uh, apartments and flats and, and yeah. you know, smaller spaces, balconies.
2: Yeah, balconies, windowsills, patios, mm-hmm. rooftops, all that. I mean, all you need is a space which gets a bit of sun. That's, that's it, really. And every space has its own challenges. There are places, I mean, I, sometimes I see places people say oh, you can grow food anywhere, <laughs> and that's not strictly true, but you can grow food in a large number of uh of places, often very small places, uh you can grow food successfully.
0: Perfect. I'm on your website verticalveg.org. That's right. I'm on the about us page mm-hmm. and I see something that looks like maybe a book no space to grow.
2: Yeah. It's a, it's a poster.
0: Oh, it's a poster. Is that, per yeah. chance, uh, you in that picture?
2: It is indeed, yes. Oh, wow.
0: So this is a spectacular balcony. What have you got growing on that balcony?
2: Oh, I've got... Uh, so this was when I lived in London. I've actually moved uh, since then. It was north-facing, uh, which meant it didn't get uh, full sun, uh-huh. apart from in one corner. And in that corner, I have a tomato and a, and a courgette or zucchini. Uh-huh. Um, because the kizikini plant. Oh, yeah, I see that. Um, yeah, you see that. And then in the middle, I have runner beans. The tall plants are runner beans. Mm-hmm. And then at the back, it's mostly salad plants. Oh, nice. uh, but there's also some blueberries there you can't see, some oh, potatoes. Yes. Um, and the, the plant at the front is some lemongrass. Oh, wow. So lots of herbs, but uh, lemongrass yeah. was, was one of them, yeah.
0: Uh, well, and then hold on here. There, there's a, There's a shelf above the door.
2: Yeah. <laughs> There's a funny story behind that. Actually. Please tell me. All, all, all those containers you see on that shelf were Ooh. on the balcony. But my wife came out one day and said quite reasonably that there was no longer anywhere to sit. <laughs> so I had to find somewhere to, to put them. Right. And and that was my my solution. But actually, it's one of those funny things when you have to do something out of necessity it ends up being actually working really well. And the great thing about that shelf was there was loads, got loads more light up there. Oh, so yes. the salads actually grew a lot better on that shelf than yeah. they did on, on the balcony.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to pull this picture, and we're going to put it on the show notes page for everybody to see. Sure. So, yeah, because this is, this is just an amazing picture. So you're really talking about growing an extreme amount of food in a small space.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, enough to make it really feel like you're growing a significant proportion of your own food i Mm -hmm. mean if you work it out as actually everything you eat when you include everything it's probably only talking like 10 percent. but when you can have fresh food at every meal that you have eat, which we which you have grown Mm -hmm. that is uh it feels great you know things like salad and things and herbs just taste so much the flavor is just so much better than anything you can you can buy absolutely Um, it really feels like you're you know you're not just dabbling in it you do feel like you're doing something significant which is uh which is great
0: yeah well i tell people grow herbs they're the most expensive thing to buy in the store and the easiest thing to grow Mm
2: mm-hmm yeah and, and also when you have a supply of herbs it changes the way you use them because when you buy them from a store you just look at a recipe and then you go and get the ones you need mm-hmm. whereas when you have them constantly at home you start to learn how to use them and you start using them in everything and your whole food sort of changes Yeah, um, and you can buy so many herbs you can grow so many herbs that you just can't buy in the, in the, in the store so things like um, lovage and lemon verbena yes. and uh, sorrel and chervil and uh, wonderful herbs which uh, you just can't. Well, in the UK anyway, you can't you can't buy those uh, in the shops. So right. No, uh, it's
0: it's pretty much the same here in the states yeah. too. You know the yeah. real specialty ones you can't buy, in yeah. those a lot of the ones you mentioned. What I'll do in from my yard is I'll harvest them and julienne them and put them in the salad. Lovely. Yeah. 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 And it has the, for me, it has the possibility of harvesting, you know, 15, 20 different flavors from the yard and then not having to put salad dressing on it.
2: Yeah. 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 Good point. Yeah.
0: So, what kind of challenges did you face along the way?
2: Yeah. Well, I guess for anyone going in a small urban space, you know, in a city, I mean, one of the big things is you're going to move. You're going to want, to want some sort of growing media, some sort of compost. Oh yes, exactly. And, and most of us in the city don't actually have a car, mm. <laughs> so how you're going to get that to your place um, is a thing that a lot of books sort of overlook. So I, I think I broke two bike axles trying
0: to, oh my gosh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> trying to move compost on my on, on my bike. But I guess that one of the sort of things you learn about is that. When you first start, when I first started, this book told me, you know, you needed to throw away the compost and start again each year. But you quickly learn that that isn't practical. So you've got to like find out how to uh, add fertility to the compost each year to, to to keep it going. So that's that's a big that's a big challenge, I think. Another challenge with a lot of urban spaces is that, and this is something that doesn't really sort of help you much with on seed packets, is that a lot of urban spaces don't have full sun a lot of them mm-hmm. actually have quite a little bit of sun Right. so working out what will grow I mean, and the thing is there are lots of things that will grow in less sun it's just that when you go to the seed shop or whatever it doesn't tell you for some reason for flowers and things often it does but for vegetables it normally doesn't tell you how much sun vegetables need so right. I was doing things like trying to grow tomatoes where it just wasn't enough sun to grow tomatoes so I was just getting like green tomatoes so working out what you can grow was, you know, was another big challenge, and then the whole, the whole fertility thing, really, the whole thing about how to feed plants uh, and water them as well in containers, particularly when you've got lots of containers, the watering and feeding oh, uh, yes. can be yeah. uh, <laughs> can be can be quite a significant uh, significant part of it.
0: Yeah. So, how are you making the soil more fertile?
2: Well, that's something. You know, I've been doing it for however many years, and I learn more stuff about that. Almost, I wouldn't quite say every day, but almost every year, anyway. Yeah, yeah almost every year. I mean, I think the main things, um, sort of keeping it simple, are having a wormery, mm-hmm. which is just a brilliant way of converting all your waste food into a brilliant fertilizer, um, but also adds adds soil life to your pots because wormery is very rich in microbial life, and and that. On its own was one thing I did that made like a massive difference to my growing. I I do liquid feed, particularly my fruiting crops like Mm -hmm. my tomatoes and courgettes, uh, with an organic uh, tomato feed. And uh, the other thing I I use a lot of is a lot of chicken manure because chicken manure is very widely available here and it's high in nitrogen. Oh, nice! So it's it's very useful for growing salads, and I grow a lot of salads. So every time I replant compost. Re-sow compost to, um, to grow salads in it. I had, I had a handful or two of chicken manure. Nice. Um, and yeah, so, so there's, this, there's some of the inventors finding stuff. So I'm lucky now I live near the sea, so I go and collect seaweed. And, oh, yes. and A lot of it is about finding what you have got in your area. So mm-hmm. some people have manure uh, stables near them where they can get manure from them. Um, some people will have a, a nettle patch around the corner that they can pick and make nettle tea. So, you know, a lot of it is about finding what you've got uh, near you.
0: Have you ever played with permaculture?
2: Yeah, I'm interested in permaculture. And, and I guess in some ways, quite a lot of what I've done is being informed by permaculture. Yeah, um, but absolutely. I guess I, sort of, I guess I sort of see it as just like being common sense. Um,
0: everything, everything <laughs> absolutely. Everything
2: I read about in, permacom- in, in, in permaculture is common sense. So I don't really... Call it permaculture because for some people that's very attractive, but other people just don't really know what you're on about. Exactly. So I sort of do permaculture, but I don't call it permaculture, mm-hmm. and I don't, you know, I don't sort of often look at look at it. But I, I think everything that permac- everything about permaculture is is, is great.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, th- you know, thank you for saying that because uh, I'm a longtime permaculture student, and yeah. I love what you said about it's just it's just common sense to me. Mm. There's so much truth to that. Permaculture is just common sense. And I, you know, I'm sitting over here listening to what you're sharing with us and I'm seeing that so much of it you're just doing in the flow.
2: Yeah, it is. It's it's just, it's it's just. I mean, everything, every single one of it. I remember getting a book about permaculture and looking at the principles, mm-hmm. and every single one just felt like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's absolutely, you know, that's absolutely spot yeah. on. So, yeah. In, in uh,
0: 1991, when I did my first permaculture design course, I, I, I tell people I had a sore forehead where I was smacking myself in my forehead saying, oh, yeah, <laughs> that,
2: of course. Yeah, that's nice. So...
0: So I loved, I loved how you proposed just looking to see what you have available in the area. And, and you live by the sea, so you go and get seaweed. That's actually something I've done here in, uh, yeah. in Phoenix is in the middle of the desert. But one time a few years ago, uh, I went to California and we harvested seaweed and brought it back and composted it. Um, yeah. When you harvest seaweed, what do you do with it?
2: Um, I do different things with it. Yeah, sometimes I compost it. Uh, sometimes I put it as a mulch on the mm. top of the pots. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I bury it at the bottom of the pots. Yeah, yeah, just sort of use it like you would use uh, a seaweed, a liquid seaweed fertilizer. Right. Just thinking of it as something which is going to add trace elements, minerals to the soil. And you know you know, it's just going to add goodness, really. You know there's going, <laughs> yeah, to, be no, there's no, going to be no harm in it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I love that. Just goodness. You're just going to add yeah. goodness. How great is that? So what kind of tips do you have for someone that wants to start growing in their own containers?
2: Gosh, right. So someone who's starting right from the very beginning is just to do it really, I guess. Um, <laughs> you know, it probably is a good idea to have a look at how much sun you've you, you've got oh yeah I often the thing is really good to to start off with something which is easy and quick to grow and will give you something really delicious so the thing i often advise people to start with is to grow a tray of pea shoots oh yes Because you'll get a tray of pea shoots in like about 20 days mm-hmm. they taste delicious you can't buy them in the shops they're high in vitamin c and lots of other vitamins and and they'll actually even grow almost without you know they need light, but they would they need very little sun, so they'll grow right. nearly anywhere and I just think if you start off with something and you get a harvest from it, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is delicious that's you know that's a really good that's a really good start which you can then then build on and then and then just you know finding some finding some pots and and getting started but the compost that you put in your pots will make a big difference yeah. to success. And, and sometimes I've met people who have said, oh, you know, I've been growing and, you know, it really hasn't, the, the plant, just they just haven't grown, I can't grow. And I find that what they've put in the pots. And actually the only reason that the plants haven't grown is that the compost they've used has not been good quality. Yeah. So it's really worth doing a bit of research and, and, and asking down at your local shop or asking online and finding out, where to get some good compost uh, to start off your plants with, because that does make like a massive, massive difference. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I, Kari Spencer is one of our teachers here, and she tells a story about when she first started growing food in her yard Mm. um, and she wanted to grow in some containers. So she just went out in the backyard and dug up some dirt out of the backyard. And she said it was a miserable failure. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, but it's, it's funny enough. A bit of dirt mixed in can actually be particularly if you've got good quality dirt, can yep. be absolutely brilliant. Yes. I mean, you actually want that if you if if it's good quality. A bit, but but yeah, if you put all dirt in, it's unlikely it's going to work very well so, so i'd recommend that i mean sometimes what i also suggest to people on the compost thing to learn about it is to try two or three different types because then you get to see how plants grow in different types and just sort of play around with it and learn about it really but starting off with good stuff will make a big difference yeah. and, and the other the other big one for people starting off is is watering because i mean is it a good way to think about Plants in containers is they're a bit like sort of small babies, really. In but they they are reliant on you for all no, their yes. right. all their like you know all their food and water. And a, a, a plant in the ground has to some extent can sort of try and find water by putting roots down deeper or something. But a plant in a container can't. Um, so if plants aren't watered, they will they will basically die. Uh, but it sounds very onerous but actually the, really the secret to it is is just having uh, having a, a daily routine you know i love that you know i mean once you start doing it every morning but my routine is i do it in the morning mm-hmm. i don't have to do it in winter here because it rains a lot but in 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 the summer every morning i wake up i water the plants and it's just a great way to start the day you walk around you see what is um you see what's uh, what 's going to be ripe and you 're going to eat for supper tonight you spot any <laughs> pests that happen to be there, which yep. is one of the reasons why this this sort of growing can be incredibly productive because you know you are you 're aware you 're on top of it you 're observing it all the time and you 're catching things like pests early so just having that sort of daily routine and if you 're going into the office or whatever it can be a really or when you come back from work in the evening that 's mm-hmm. fine as well. It can just be a really nice time you know you, you live in a city busy work job busy work just spending 5 minutes that's all it needs to be just going around your plants can be a really nice way to start or or finish the day oh so absolutely. that's how I see it <laughs>
0: fantastic so do you have any tips I'm going I want to dig a little deeper pun intended in the compost question and what yeah. you're putting in the pot do you have any any tips on what should go in the pot
2: yeah well it's I think the tricky thing about that is a lot of it depends on what is available in your local area. Mm-hmm. And like what is available in one place will be different in another place. But as so these are some of the things that I like then in a pot are well, if you've got some worm compost or oh, some yes. homemade compost, mm-hmm. I would love some of that in there, probably sort of between 20 and 30 percent, because it's full of nutrients and it's full of soil life. So that will be really good for your pot. Then if, if, if weight isn't an issue, I'd really like some soil-based compost. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know what I mean by soil-based compost?
0: Uh, why don't you tell us?
2: Okay, so soil-based compost is compost which is basically mostly made out of soil, um, topsoil oh, yes. from the ground. So it's uh-huh. uh, basically the inorganic Bits. Um, it's heavy. That's mm-hmm. how you tell it's top side It's heavy. When you pick up a bag of it, it's really heavy. And I'd probably like thirty or forty percent of that. And I'd like that because it holds on to water very well, and it also has quite a lot of nutrients. Nutrients, in it, yes. The nutrients. And then I'd want um about thirty percent good quality, probably shop bought compost. If I didn't, it it's quite hard to make enough compost. Huge amounts of compost. If you've only got a tiny space, if you've got a garden, you can make lots. But if you've got a balcony, that's harder. <laughs> Not so much. Yeah, yeah. And then I would also probably want to add something to help because having air in your container mm-hmm. because plants need roots need air. So having something that's going to hold the air in, yeah. make air gaps, would be really good. So something like vermiculite or perlite or biochar, either of those three or a mixture of those, but something which is going to, something with sort of large size pieces, which are going to help open up, make air gaps, and ideally help retain water as well. So those are the, those are the, those are the sort of main things. And then I might add a few um, things for feeding. So some rock dust, if I had it, maybe some seaweed meal, if I had it, but all these are sort of fine, fine tuning. And a lot of it really just depends, you know, it it can sound very complicated. So I don't want to put people off with starting because really, to start with if you just have good compost that's all you need yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then you can grow great stuff I mean that, that picture you've got in front of me was only my second year of growing and I wasn't doing anything very complicated but I was just putting compost with some perlite mm-hmm. um, in pots and that was it Fantastic. and some wet compost
0: so the, la- <laughs> the last th- two things you mentioned I just want to kind of resurface those you said the rock dust and the kelp meal yes both those have uh, a particular something in them what is it
2: uh, trace minerals. Exactly. All so right, taster. perfect. Yes, yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. And that's that's what makes our food tastier and more nutrient-dense. Yeah. 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 Perfect. So I'm going to shift the conversation a little bit, and I want you to tell us about your vertical veg club.
2: Sure. Okay. Yeah, well, the, the vertical veg club is something I started, I think, about two years ago. Now, it's basically has two, two, two parts to it, really. It 's open to anyone who likes growing food um, in containers, and it has sort of two sides to it really. part of it is about sharing knowledge and experience and things that go really well and also things <laughs> disasters
0: <laughs> yeah we 're going to talk about between, that in a minute
2: yeah, yeah, between container growers in different cities across the world, so it 's a sort of knowledge we 're constantly sharing knowledge between us, but then the other side of it is. I thought one of the things about living in the city is sometimes it's quite hard to meet professional, real proper professional growers. Yes. So what I do every month is I go out and I meet a professional grower. Well, not just growers like carpenters, nutritionists, professionals who I think have really got something to bring to, to container growing. And I either film them or I do a webinar with them. And, and the aim really is just to build up The sort of knowledge and expertise amongst those of us who who grow in containers. So that we're actually, you know, I I hesitate to say a serious thing because it's not a serious thing because we just love it. But, you know, it's more than just, you know, it's more than a few of us just growing a few bits of, you know, rocket in a pot. We're just, we're trying to do this, you know, we're trying to get every, the most out of this. That's one element of the club. But that's a big part of the club. And then, then the other side of it is really trying to also max out all the, different benefits of growing in, in containers. So there's the health side of it we talk about. And also like the community side, I'm really interested in how um, container growing, even at home, can help bring people and communities yeah. together. So we sort of do that sort of stuff as well.
0: Yeah. and You know, the, the community part and learning from our community is such an important piece. Yeah. Such yeah. an important piece. So I'm going to shift again on you. And I want you to tell us about the time that you failed How you overcame that failure and what you might have learned from it.
2: Okay. Like many people who've grown for a while, I think I have a very long list of things which have gone (laughs) wrong and every year they have. I mean, but one that really really sort of springs to mind is when I thought I'll start this thing about food growing, I thought, well the first thing I need to do is build like a really big container on my balcony. So I did that. I ran out went out there and built it and I grew in it for a couple of years. And it was only after a couple of years that I realised I built it in the most shady part of the whole (laughs) Of the whole balcony, yeah, and um, you know, so I guess my learning from that was just that it, it is worth, you know, I mean, I mean, it's a good strategy to start growing. It's just to grow in small pots that you can move around because that is a good way to work out where the sun is. But it's probably not a good strategy to go out there and build like a really big structure <laughs> before yeah. you've actually worked out uh, worked out where the where the sun is. So, so that's one of the uh, one of my <laughs> one of my early mistakes.
0: Yeah yeah and so what do you consider your biggest success
2: uh well i think my biggest success probably was the growing the Mm -hmm. um the uh one thousand three hundred dollars worth of food on that balcony and 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 windowsills really simply because it was so unexpected I, i mean i genuinely didn't realize that was possible and i'd never read anywhere but it was possible to grow that much food so i was just really and i wasn't I mean, the other thing I want people to know is I wasn't actually that good at growing. (laughs) You know, I was just, I was a really, I mean, I was quite, you know, I made an effort. You can see I made an effort there, but I'd only been doing it for like two years. So I didn't know that much. So it's is possible. And like before that, I'd had a lot of things, really basic things that gone wrong. So as long as you've got a bit of, you know, just pick up a bit of knowledge, you know, and the reason why I'm really proud of that is I just think it really has shown a lot of people that it is really possible to grow a lot of food if you haven't got a garden
0: yeah perfect perfect so what drives you what's your big why behind all of
2: this (laughs) yeah well it's interesting Matt because I guess I guess there's two parts to me really one is the part that loves living in the city Mm -hmm. I love cities and the other part of me that loves living in the country mm. and loves growing food mm-hmm. so I think the thing that I love about this is I sort of feel like it, it's a way of having my cake and eating it sort of thing really <laughs> it sort of and I guess I feel it has a lot to offer to, to cities you know I, I, there's so many health and you know there's I think the, the the health benefits of like community projects are really well documented now <laughs> but I'm not sure that the, the, the same the benefits in, for people just sort of growing on their own at home in containers as I've talked about or the profile of them is, is, is quite as high <laughs> and um, yeah I think there's so many ways it could be good for cities it makes them look better people can recycle their waste food people can grow Flowers to attract pollinators. People become more aware of where their food comes from. Uh, People can—I mean, obesity is such a big issue. I'm not saying this solves obesity, but it's just another way which people can interact with food and learn about healthy ways to eat food. And if you've grown your own, then you know you're more likely to to eat more healthily. So I just think it has a huge amount to give cities and um i guess ultimately what drives me is i love it <laughs> and and because i love it i'm hoping that others will yeah uh, i'd love to i'd love to help others to love it <laughs> yeah well
0: and that's apparent in how you're speaking about it i love some of the things that you've said so what projects are you currently working on that you would like to share about
2: uh, well for I'm always doing lots of different things, but I guess the two main things are one is the is the club, which I I love uh, being involved in, and I love how that is is sharing learning be- between you know between us. It's it's been fantastic. And, and the other project I'm doing a lot of work on at the moment is something called Vertical Veg Street, which is a local project. Nice. Uh, so it makes a nice change because Vertical, the club is online. Right. So this is a nice, um, a nice contrast. It's a local project where we are holding workshops actually on the street, which is great because when you're on the street, so when you have a a workshop at a community growing project. There's always a barrier because some people aren't going to co-go there. They aren't going to go mm-hmm. to that place. But when you have the workshops on the street and you move them around from street to street, mm. it's amazing the, the wider diversity of people um, that you get. Yeah. Um, so we're running regular workshops on the street. Each one we're doing like a different element of growing. And uh, we're supporting people in quite a, um, a low-income area to start growing food at the front of their houses. So we're just trying to get food really visible at the front of people's houses get people bring people together get them talking about it and uh yeah i'm loving it it's a great fantastic a great, yeah
0: fantastic so i'm all about education and i have to know is there one book that has been most influential for you in your gardening process
2: Oh, that's a tricky one. I have hundreds of books and a lot of them have been very influential, whether it's sort of about microbes or about organic gardening or about biodynamics. Um, But one book that was very influential early on was one called, one called high yield gardening, Mm -hmm. how to get more from your garden space. Um, And it's by Marjorie Hunt and Brenda Bortz. And it just has like loads of ideas about how to grow more in, 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 in not, it's not actually just specifically a container growing book, but it's just lots of ideas about extending the season and growing vertically and improving the nutrition of your soil. Um, and I just found it a really good, yeah, a really helpful book in the early days.
0: Fantastic. And what one final piece of advice do you have for our listeners?
2: Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> start doing it. Uh, and if, if you are already, start doing it. Yeah, just help us spread the word, and uh, get more people doing it. <laughs> Fantastic.
0: Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us on the show and sharing your experience with us today, Mark. It's been a great treat to chat with you. So it's how been can a pleasure.
2: I, it's ha- been a pleasure. Thank you.
0: How can our listeners get a hold of you?
2: Well, I've got a, a website, uh, verticalveg.org.uk. Uh, okay. And uh, there's comments there. I also have a, a Facebook uh, page. Uh, if you Google Vertical Veg Facebook and that's actually, if you were looking for inspiration, I post quite a lot of images. Um, people are very kind and they share images of their container gardens. Oh, nice. Um, they, post, they email them to me or whatever and I post them up there. Um, and so that's a good regular source of inspirational images. But also I sort of try and share practical tips. And we also have members of the club who post on there as well from time to time. So we get not just my experience, but um, experience of other container growers from around the world as well.
0: Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. And that's it for today.
2: Great. Well, thanks very much for having me.
0: Absolutely. Okay. Have a great day. And thanks for joining us on the Urban Farm Podcast.
1: We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen three days a week for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org.